Welcome into the Thunder Basketball Universe. I don't know if you can believe it, but it is March 1st right now. And so the Thunder has completed February. We are now in month sixth of this season, which is just crazy to think about. And so we're gonna take a step back. We're gonna look back on this month of February that had a little bit of everything. And we thought, you know, who better to help break down all of these fun storylines than our very own Chris Fisher. So you might recognize this voice on this podcast today. Chris, thanks for being here. They might. It might sound a little different. I don't have the headset on to kind of get me in the mode. You don't but have 18,000 people you're screaming exactly. over during a game. But thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. This is this is great because we have so much to look back on. I mean, obviously, it was all-star during February. We had a little bit of a fake spring in February, a couple of days where it was really warm here in Oklahoma City. The Thunder played really well, 8-3 and three during the month. They've now played 58 games this season, just 24 left. And so I know you've got a couple of things that made you look during this month. So uh, since you were our guest, I'll let you go first. What made you look during this month of February, Chris? I feel like there was a lot in the month. Yeah. When, when you think back to pre-All-Star break, getting the sort of the, the close on January. Anytime you close a month, it feels like an accomplishment. You're like, okay, yeah. what what's in store for the next month? How many games are there? How many times are we on the road? But February was, even though there was only 11 games, it felt busy mm-hmm. with All-Star break being kind of right in the middle of it. But I have to go back to a game post-All-Star break. This was in Houston not that long ago, Mm -hmm. first of two. And Houston had been a team that had been giving the Thunder some issues, particularly Mm -hmm. at At the Toyota Center. Mm -hmm. They took the Thunder down earlier in the season. And in that first game, Chet Holmgren didn't play maybe his best. He had only four points, and we've seen him respond really well. And what made me look was the beginning of that fourth quarter. And you and I were kind of talking off air coming before we were coming on here. Just what he did in the first minute and 20 seconds of that fourth quarter was incredible. Uh, We were looking at the play-by-play, and I don't don't want to get it wrong. And this is is where I can look down in, in my little cheat sheet here. But he had, in the first minute and seven seconds of the fourth quarter, he had an alley oop, he had a block. Yep. He had an offensive rebound, a putback, and a three. <laughs> he was all that is over a one man takeover, and it was impossible to miss. You had to see it, and it kind of changed the whole trajectory of the game. The Thunder had control at that point, took the lead, never looked back, and it's a good embodiment, a good example of Chet and his ability to respond. And there's been times where, you know, he he's looked like a rookie where he's been in a situation that he might not have been in or a matchup that he's facing for the first time. But it seems like every single time he goes up against that particular matchup or that opponent or that scheme for the second time, there's improvement and he had a huge game. But that minute and seven second stretch, impossible to miss. It's still stuck in my mind. It's a great one because it stuck out in my mind too. And I remember very vividly writing in my notes, I think, Houston called a very quick timeout early in that fourth quarter because of Chet's kind of explosion there. And I remember writing in my notes, Chet Holmgren, 14 points in the opening of the fourth quarter. And I was just like marveling at his ability to do a little bit of everything. And this is what we've seen from Chet all season long. He's got 17 double doubles this season, which is a Thunder rookie record. And this is a reason why he finished this game with 29 points, eight rebounds, seven assists, which is something that kind of popped for me in this game for Chet, just because we we obviously we see the scoring, we see the rebounding, we see the blocks, but those assist numbers, I think that just goes to show that he's, he's really able to impact a game on several, several different levels. 
I, I don't know about you, but he has just blown me away mm-hmm. with what he's been able to do in a short amount of time on both ends of the floor. And there, there's a, a lot of players out there who are making plays. Shea's having an incredible season. J-Dub is taking his game to another level. But seeing the versatility that you're talking about, the understanding of how to play within what the Thunder are trying to do, the sort of defensive shrewdness that he's mm-hmm. got, and having going through it for the first time, but still able to to make these impact type plays with how the Thunder want to play. If they're getting stops and they're getting out on the run and they're making defensive plays, that's when they're at their best. And he's a big part of that in yeah. anchoring the defense, particularly at the rim with how opponents are trying to attack the Thunder. And he has just turned himself into a wall. But it's just so fun to watch because he's such a grinder. He's a basketball intellect at heart. He Mm -hmm. wants to study the game. And then you combine that with his competitive fire and and you see what we've been seeing. And it was kind of interesting because they were asking him recently, and I think this was before the game last night against San Mm -hmm. Antonio or or after the Houston game, one one of the two, one of his media availabilities. And he was asked, you know, how do you feel this being, you know, your rookie year? And uh, are you going through the rookie, you know, the rookie wall at all? And he's, and he, he said, look, it's not January anymore. And we're all happy that it's and not January anymore. understood exactly and what he exactly. meant. <laughs> and he just, he's got vitamins back in his socks now and he's, he's back to, to playing well, but he's, he's getting better and better. He's getting more comfortable and seeing that growth as the season has gone on is a testament to him and his ability but also his commitment to be getting better. And yeah. it's starting to show up in games more and more. And he he he's a problem for opponents. I love that you talk about just his growth and development over the course of the season because Coach Dagnall, we've heard several times talk about the fact that he's a basketball junkie and the questions are nonstop. There's a, it's an endless conversation with Chet. And that explains why we've seen just a steady growth. And every time he seems, sees a team, multiple times, the second time is typically a better outcome for Chet and just his performance out there on the floor. So that that makes a lot of sense with what we're seeing from Chet this season. I feel like I I took all of the sort of the Chet <laughs> block here yeah, for, yeah. from you, Paris, but I, I know that we're not we're not quite done with it. We're him. not, we're not. Because <laughs> here's my made you look. It is Chet related. It's Chet related. But it's, it's more than just Chet. So let me just set the scene here. You talked about the first Houston game. I'm going to go back to the second Houston game okay. in Oklahoma City. Obviously, a win for the Thunder. Really fun game in Paycom Center. The environment was super loud. You can just tell everybody was super into it. And this play had a lot to do with it. So J-Dub comes off a ball screen at the top of the key. He's kind of surveying the floor. He's looking to see what he's got. He's kind of looking around. And he throws the ball up to the front of the rim. And Chet Holmgren, facing J-Dub at the top of the key, grabs the ball and reverse dunks it. And then we all remember this play. And I remember thinking, huh, that's new. (laughs) We haven't seen that before. And then we go to San Antonio. And J-Dub throws another lob. They do it in back-to-back games. Back-to-back games. He throws another lob to Chet Holmgren and he reverse dunks it. Two things in my brain. One. Mark Dagnalt has told us that the Thunder has emphasized lobs recently because especially if teams are going to switch, that element of, you know, vertical spacing and just kind of stretching the floor out a little bit more is a really good threat for the Thunder to have. And I'm like, hmm, 
were the lobs to the reverse dunk part of the development plan? <laughs> Is that part of practice? Right. Are they out there like, how many different versions of this lob can right. we put together? And secondly, after that Houston game, the first time we saw it, I asked J-Dub, I was like, did you expect Chet to reverse dunk it when you threw it? He was like, look, I, I wasn't expecting him to dunk it like that. But it was a perfect lob. <laughs> it was that was the best lob we've had all year. It would have been really hard <laughs> to mess up that dunk. I, I, I imagine there was a little bit of sarcasm in his voice. First of all, <laughs> I asked Michael Cage on air when we saw it. Yeah, I think it was last night against San Antonio mm-hmm. when they did it the second time. Yeah, I said I don't think that people realize how hard it is. Yes, to first of all dunk a basketball and then reverse. Yeah, and then to do it on an alley oop. That takes the difficulty to a whole different level. With defense. With in defense. In live action, yes. It is really, really hard. And he makes it look effortless. And I was like, that's impressive. Because you don't see that. An alley-oop reverse, like you might have seen that in the 90s when they used to do a Maybe. lot of creativity. Yeah. You, you don't see that now. It's 2024. doesn't exist in the NBA. But those two have a, a heck of a connection they going. They do. And it is fun to watch because they handle that – sort of early second quarter, early fourth quarter unit and whatever they got going on, keep doing it. Yeah. Because they've got a connection, they've got the chemistry and J-Dub's lob last night over Wembenyama. Yep. And they they made it look like they've been working on that like it was nothing that in the backyard. That ball almost touched the rafters. Like it, it had to get so, so high, high up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So ridiculously high and they make it look easy. And what a great connection those two have and I want to see more. I I, I'm like, when's the next one coming? I mean, I mean, at this rate, the next game, probably. <laughs> but as much as that play, those plays were about Chet, it was also about J-Dub because this season or this month in particular, he's averaging a career high in assists per game as well. And so his facilitating has been up and clearly he's added a little razzle-dazzle to this as well with that connection with I Chet. I thought that you asked a question before the game yesterday that I thought was really interesting and it was about J-Dub and his playmaking. And Mark mm-hmm. Degnall said, he can even be more aggressive. Still. I was surprised. <laughs> Still. Right? Yeah, because we heard this last year about J-Dub, about how his teammates, his coaches, they're like, he's such a functional player. He doesn't, he's such a good system player that we have to tell him like, hey, go hunt for your advantages. Go get your shot. Go look for your opportunities. And now he's above 20 points a game. And they're like, yeah. You could still be a little more aggressive. There's out a lot there. more in that tank. There's a lot more in that tank, and there's a lot more growth. There's a lot more creativity, and he's got he's got a little bit of flair. But you combine that with the confidence, yeah, and then you start to see more and more what he's capable of. And I think that there's a lot more in there. Isn't that exciting to think about? Like what we've seen from J Dub, from Chet, from Shea so far, and then remembering that these guys are still young and still early on in their careers, and they're still. So much in the tank to be offered. So much more to go. And and what we're seeing from them is clearly good, solid, fundamental basketball within what the, the Thunder are trying to do. But you see the individualism at yeah. times and the creativity and what they both bring. And I think that that's what make makes it fun to watch on a nightly basis. So fun to watch. As a matter of fact, it's so fun to watch. You know, we've talked about it. How about we run those plays back with our very own Chris Fisher on the call for those plays? All right, we'll take a look at those plays when Visually we come back. better than audio. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, we're breaking down February. <laughs> the reasons why they play great defense, shutting down the fast break opportunities for the Rockets. And right out of the gate here in the fourth quarter, it's a lob to Holmgren for the alley-oop. So 
something that the Thunder prioritized. If the matchup is right, Thompson tried to get Holmgren in the air. Didn't matter as he still laid him up. Another block for Chet Holmgren. Hayward, off-balance shot, offensive rebound. Holmgren's put back. That's going to drop in. Holmgren again from the outside as this time he bombs a three. And that's what he's been able to do with the veteran leadership that they brought in. Oh, my goodness. Holmgren on the reverse rack attack. You know, I, I'm amazed sometimes when I see certain plays. <laughs> and, and, and those two plays were amazing. There they go again. This time another reverse slam on the alley-oop. All right, since we've wrapped up February, and no, it wasn't quite as action-packed as January was. With That's those, a good thing. What was that, 19 games? 17. 17, so sorry. It felt like 19. 17 games in February, or in January. February did have a lot to offer, and there was there's still a lot of storylines to break down. And so, Chris, I want to throw this to you. What are some of the, the major themes from February that stood out to you? I think on on the back end of of how busy January was, mm-hmm. you, you get to February and there's kind of a, a sense of relief almost. And like I said, you, you finish a month like that, there's a sense of accomplishment. But at the same time, you're really thinking about All-Star break it, because it, you're past the halfway point of the season. You're right around game 50 and you can kind of see that break. And boy, is it right there. And yeah. you just want to dive right in. You want to get to warm weather. Yep. You want to start getting some days off. You want to mentally release from basketball. And the Thunder did not do that. And I think back to those two games right before the All-Star break that really stood out to me that mm. that I thought was a, a testament to the maturity of them and their growth as a young unit because if you think back to the Sunday, it was February 11th, it was Super yep. Bowl Sunday. The day before against Dallas – they got worked over pretty good, mm-hmm. and Dallas took it to them, scored a ton of points. That was in a, a 2 o'clock start time. That's right. But the next day, the very next day, which was the final home game before the All-Star break, they were going up against Sacramento, and this was a Sacramento team that had just given the Thunder fits. Tormented yeah. them the last couple of years. They won eight consecutive games, just could not figure them out. Yeah. And so then you combine that with the All-Star break is looming. It's a back-to-back. You're going back home. It's another early start time, 2 p.m. You got the Super Bowl that day. All these things that could have just pulled you in a million different directions. And you end up playing a really good game. To the point that Sacramento really never stood a chance in the second half. You cut off De'Aaron Fox and Mm -hmm. played incredible defense on him. And he had really giving you problems. I remember back to the game in Sacramento, I think he put up 40, 43 points. And the the Thunder came out with a a pretty solid victory in that afternoon. But they still had one more game. And that was in Orlando. Long trip, one game. That's the final game before the All-Star break. TNT... All star festivities looming and Shaq getting his jersey Shaq retired. Shaq getting his jersey retired. And Orlando is having a much better season this year than they have in yeah. the years past. They're a good defensive team. They have Paul Bancaro. And the Thunder came out and, and really controlled that game yeah. from start to finish, got into a good rhythm and, and finished the pre All star break incredibly strong, which kind of gave them momentum, which is why we saw them win six in a row. But that, that to me was. A sign of growth. It was a sign of maturity. Mm-hmm. You love the approach. Yeah, you love the mentality that they had in those two games, making the adjustments. And and I think that that's one thing that carried over into the start post All Star break. Yeah. But uh, it it stood out to me as as one of the high points of the month, no doubt. Those two games were a candidate for made you look for me for a very uh, random. Did, reason. I hope I didn't steal it. No, not at all. 
both of those games, the Thunder won with the exact same score. The 127-113 against the Kings, 127-113 against the Magic. I didn't know that. And I just thought that was wild. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I've never seen that before. Um, so that was a candidate for made you look. But to your point, the focus and the discipline and the poise of this young group, especially in that Magic game when there are just so many potential distractions surrounding that game. It's the last game before the All-Star break, like you mentioned. Yeah. Shaq's walking around the building. People are following him around and TNT is there. And there could have been just a lot of reasons to just be like, we're going to kind of mail it in, see what happens, and just get me to the All-Star break. And they didn't do that. Well, the there's a mental aspect to it as well. When you're playing on TNT and it's national TV, you could kind of be like, well, I want to show what we're capable of doing. You can get out Good of yourself point. a little bit. Yeah. They haven't had a ton of these national games over the last couple of years. They're starting to get a, a, a little bit more. And Mark Dagnall always says, you got to earn those mm -hmm. for the best teams in the, in the league. But you, you can kind of, kind of get in your own a little bit and say, I, I want to show what everybody, everybody, what I can do. And, there wasn't even a hint of that. Not at, at all. all. And especially the like the offense took care of itself, I felt like, but it was the defensive focus, especially against Sacramento, a team that is so potent offensively. Mm -hmm. You've got DeMontis Sabonis, like you mentioned, De'Aaron Fox, two guys who can absolutely light it up and combine for 75 points easily. But the Thunder were so disciplined, especially in their game plan against De'Aaron Fox. I felt like Lou Dort did a fantastic job. It was incredible. It's just so easy to take for granted what Lou right. Dort does defensively. But he was all over De'Aaron Fox, making every shot super difficult, super tight-knit five-man defense. And holding the Kings to 113, that's a win. That is a, that is a major win in itself. And the Thunder just showing such great poise yet again. For one of the, they're not the second youngest team in the NBA anymore. I'm, I can't say that anymore. I think they're fifth now. They're fourth fifth, or fifth, somewhere yeah, around there. But with the new additions on the Gordon roster, kind of bumped them up a <laughs> little did. bit, bringing the average up. He did. Still a young team, a very young team, um, but showed a lot of poise yeah. in in those moments to be able to get the job done. All right, Fish. You said you had another thing that that stood out to you during the month of February. Was there anything else? Uh, I I would defer to you on okay. All Star Break. I know that you you were you were feet on the ground there, but I did. I know you have something that stood we, out to I you. I did. I did. Um, the All Star Break was great. We had a whole podcast recapping the All Star Break. So if you haven't watched it, go back and look. There's a lot of fun fun elements to our time in Indianapolis, snowy Indianapolis. I would add. Mine is about the Thunder's shooting percentage from the three point line. This oh. has been this has been something that the Thunder's been top of the league really all season long in three-point shooting, shooting around 39% from three. And they've been about, you know, I think it's like 0.5 ahead of the Minnesota Timberwolves or Minnesota's something like, two. yeah, Minnesota's yeah. number two. Well, during the month of February, they shot 42.7% from three, which incredible. And as we know from Coach Dagnall, like shooting is the most volatile thing in the NBA. It No matter what you do, you can control everything you can control. And sometimes the ball just might not bounce your way. And that's just how it That's basketball. But what I noticed during this month in particular, the Thunder shot the ball incredibly well, but this was a result of them getting good shots and putting themselves in the position. So if the, if the ball did bounce their way, it was gonna it was gonna go through the hoop. And they were getting themselves good looks, open looks, quality looks, and it was just coming within the flow of the offense. And multiple guys, you had Chet Holmgren, Lou Dort, you had SGA shooting well from three. I mean, he had 
four threes in that game against Houston the other night. And every season high, by the way, season high. high. Exactly. Every single guy felt I felt like was really chipping in and shooting the ball really well during this month. I thought last night in in the game against San Antonio, there there was a, a cluster of examples back to back to back. And it came in the second half with SGA facilitating things. And there were, I want to say, three consecutive possessions Mm -hmm. where he drove down the lane, kicked the ball out to the sideline right in front of San Antonio's bench. And you had Cason Wallace, Jalen Williams, and it might have been two Jalen Williams shots. Mm -hmm. And they were all misses. Mm -hmm. But you're thinking to yourself, that's exactly the shot that you want because they're normally – you want to be taking wide open shots. Yep. And those are shots that clearly Cason Wallace can hit. He's been over 40% over the course of the year. And Jalen Williams can hit that too. You, you live with those all day long. Exactly. All night long. And to your point, those are the kind of looks they've been generating all season long. And you've got guys who are are benefiting from it. Shea, he, he can get his shot anywhere, but he's bumped up to about 38%. Mm-hmm. Chet's been over 40%. Lou Dort was smoking hot in the month of February. Yep. He can get going. He, he has his highs and his lows. Kaysen's been pretty consistent, but it, it's all a part of how they want to play offense. And a, a couple of things. So today at practice, we actually had a chance to talk to Coach Dagnall about this, and he brought up a couple of really interesting factors that the Thunder considers when they deem what they would deem a quality look, a quality shot, something that they want. And he was referring back to the San Antonio game and he was like, you know, there were probably about 12 looks that we would consider kind of lower, you know, subpar shots for us. I asked him, like, what goes into a subpar shot? And he mentioned several different, and this just goes to show just how many variables go into shooting. A, contestedness. B, the person who's shooting and Mm -hmm. where they're shooting it. And obviously shot clock, like all of that stuff plays an element Mm -hmm. in the quality of a shot. And throughout the month of February, the Thunder was able to generate really high quality looks in terms of their contestedness. Guys were shooting open ones. The right guys were shooting the right shots. And Coach Dagnall was saying, we really try to educate guys on which shots are best for them to take. And he gave the example, like Isaiah Joe, Anything he throws up, that is a pretty quality look. So, like, we'll live with that. Anywhere on the floor. (laughs) Green light, my guy. You are good to go. Um, But they try to educate guys on which shots are their most highest quality, highest percentage expectancy shot. And the guys have been really leaning into that and buying into that and making sure they're generating those looks out there on the floor. It just sounds like trying to put guys in positions to be successful. Exactly. And that they're comfortable with. And predictability, mm-hmm. that word that we've heard so much from the coaching staff, predictability to to not only help the individuals, but to help the function of the offense. Yeah. And I, I think that it's not just the month of February too, Paris. Like they've been generating Definitely. the shots that they want all season long. And it, it's not something that we've heard much griping about at all. Def- and and that's, a, that's a really good point to point out. Like the Thunder's been shooting the ball well in February, 42.7%, which is three percentage points ahead of the next team number. in line. So that's a really good point. But all season long, top of the league in this category. And it's because they buy into these controllable elements of shooting the ball. And it has served them pretty well and all the guys out there on the floor pretty well as well all right so that's a look back on february now we have march ahead of us and the thunder hits the ground running so we're back right now from san antonio this could have been an easy four game road trip right yeah four game road trip because the thunder was in san antonio last night we're here in oklahoma city no games in okc 
we're going to ship out. We're going to go to Phoenix to play the Suns. And then that starts a back-to-back where we end up in Los Angeles. A nice little three and four. Yeah. But it's always nice to come home, like regroup. I like that. Repack. (laughs) Very necessary. Yes. The the packing (laughs) part of it, like January, I literally wore the same thing. You just, the entire month. I on left every my suitcase in my trip. room. I just left it there. Left it there. Yeah. Would do the laundry, put the exact same clothes back in, go back out on another road trip. So being able to come back and like just reset <laughs> the whole packing situation. Yeah. And your suits, like not having to bring four suits or four outfits. Big difference. Is significant. <laughs> it's a big difference. Like it's, I can't even tell you <laughs> how big of a difference it is. So being able to come home is nice. Like it allows you to kind of mentally reset before we go back out tomorrow to phoenix so we got phoenix la and then portland Portland. and then flying back from portland and landing at about four o'clock in the morning but that's a night that's a nice way to kick off the month of march a very a warm welcome a very warm welcome to this meteorological spring that (laughs) we're stepping into i think i said that wrong you've been leaning into (laughs) i'm trying here yesterday i did (laughs) you're leaning into march you're leaning into spring (laughs) <laughs> I'm just turning into the weatherman out here. Here, exactly. We're going to get a Paris Lawson weather report That's mid-game right. coming up. My next first quarter hit, going to a weather report from Miami. All right, so the Thunder, as we mentioned, three-game road trip to start the month of March, and then a really nice homestand fish. I think it's one, two, three, four games here inside of Paycom Center, and we'll be here for about eight days, which will be a really nice little respite from the the travel that we've had. It, it's always nice to just be able to settle down and know that I'm going to be home for a while, even though you've got those games, you got an off day pretty much after every single one. And then you've got that single game in, in yep. Memphis mm-hmm. and then you need to come back home for three off days, Yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I believe. Then you got another home game before you got to go back out on the road. So um, it, it's got a little bit of everything. Yeah, There's no doubt about it. They've got another road trip at, a three-game road trip toward the end of March, yeah. which I believe is Toronto, which going north of the borders yep. always got its own difficulties and logistics. Milwaukee, Milwaukee and then a back-to-back with the with, Pelicans, yeah, New Orleans right after that. So yeah. it, it'll be a it'll be a really good stretch, and it's just crazy to think that there are twenty-four games left in this season. We're gonna blink, and. It's the regular season will be done. It feels like yesterday was November. I just can't believe we've been playing basketball for six months now of Truly. this season. Yeah, it feels like it was October yesterday. It's going by quickly, um, and it's going to go by quickly. This month's going to fly by. It before is. You know what? We're going to be in April, but uh, there's a good balance. There's a good balance. It, it doesn't feel dense in one area over another. It, right. It feels like kind of one of those normal months where you, you split the time between the road and, yeah. and home and you can kind of catch your bearings here and there. And Not too many back-to-backs. Not too many, ba- yeah. not five back-to-backs. That was fun. That, which we, <laughs> we, we love back-to-backs. It's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a really good balance. And I really think there's there's a lot of really good games in here too. I mean, even this back-to-back just to start off the month of uh, March here with the Phoenix LA trip here. It's a tough one. That'll be a really good test for this group just to start this month off and uh you can catch it all on bally sports oklahoma our very own crew chris fisher michael cage myself and nick gallo bringing you all the action on the road well fish thanks so much for joining us Thank today you for Breaking having me love, love coming in here this has been fun <laughs> this is we'll great have to do it again we'll have to bring you back fish friend Sounds of the good. pod at this point always <laughs> all right and thank you so much for watching and listening be sure to like rate and subscribe wherever you get your podcast thank you so much to our producer matt bishop and until next time thunder up and catch you later